the idea you need to remember is this brand isn't built for you. How much is blending in costing you? A lot that. of these companies do a great service. They just don't look like they do a great service. It's the weaker your brand, the more money you need to spend marketing it. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have the pleasure of having on Dan Antonelli from Kick Charge. How you doing, man? What's up, Mr. Tim? What's going on, brother? Not much. Uh, we're talking about the fact that a lot of roofing brands suck and what you should do if you find out that yours suck. But we're also going to talk about a lot of things related to what you should do when you rebrand, how to transfer old vibe to new vibe. I'm going to ask questions about like combining brands and certain things that Dan has probably a lot of experience with. He has been a pro in the home service branding space for a long time. Dan, can you give us a, a one-minute version of your story? Sure. Yeah. I run a branding agency here in New Jersey. We have about 20 people. Um, we're rapidly approaching, I think, over 3,000 home service brands that we've created over the last 27 years. Um, we're at the point now where we probably do about two to 250 brands per year. Uh, we have um, full-time, five full-time brand developers on staff. Uh, we have writers. We do a lot of naming. We do taglines. We do brochures. We do collateral. Um, we do email marketing, some of those types of services. Uh, and we also do, one of the big things we're known for is the vehicle wraps that we create after we've designed the logo. So yeah, Absolutely I'm in it about gorgeous. 27, 28 years. And I started when I was like, 15 and lettering my first van at, believe it or not, at 15 was the first van I actually lettered. I used to be a sign painter and I did it all with paint. So I've uh, got a degree mm. in advertising and 27, eight years later, you know, here we are. <laughs> awesome, Dan. Um, between refreshing a existing brand and doing a complete rebrand, when is it appropriate to refresh and when is it appropriate to rebrand if you could kind of give some basic principles? Sure. Yeah. You always want to look at what existing brand equity um, a company has, if it's worth leveraging moving forward. So do they have something or an aspect of their existing brand that has merit, that has value, that we don't want to just throw away when we're thinking about a rebrand? So you, And you, I think I, I want to kind of just do basic on brand here. We're talking about the logo. We're talking about mm -hmm. the colors the fonts, mm -hmm. the general collateral that you use to basically like get the vibe of your company out in the world and making sure that's sure. consistent. is really important. Dan is really helpful with that. But you said a lot of brands think they have brand equity, but they mm -hmm. don't. So how do I know if I'm one of those? And, and a lot of times it's the name, your name is not sticky and memorable. So how do yeah. I know if I don't have actual your naming? Yeah. Naming is a huge piece of it. So if a name is difficult to spell, if the name doesn't infer a brand promise, um, if it's difficult to remember the name, uh, those are all aspects that you do want to examine and look at and say, hey, could we have a better name that would be instantly more memorable, would help on branded search terms online, would help when people remember or need your service. So people I like a specific item, like I like a like an animal or a like a, a thing. A thing that you can actually picture even without seeing something. I like those types of brands personally. Exactly. Yeah. So if you if you say the name of the company and you haven't seen their logo yet, you could almost imagine what that logo might look like. Yeah. Um, 
those tend to be more sticky. And people forget or think that, you know, brands, especially even as they're used on truck wraps and things like that, that that's supposed to be an immediate call to action, right? Oh, I'm driving and I see a roofing company truck. I need a new roof today. So let me call them today. And it doesn't really work that way. It's more about brand building and over time, the repetition of seeing that image. And then when you need service, oh yeah, I remember seeing that really cool truck. It had like a rhinoceros and it was called Rhino Roofing. And that made me like think that they do something different than someone else. And, and it's it stuck in my there, mind. So like now- hey, that, that brings up a good uh, note, which there are like seven Rhino Roofings. So I'm what sure, about- yeah. What about yeah. like how unique does it have to be in the United States? And it should be 100 percent unique. Just make it unique for your state. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of naming. We'll probably name 50 companies this year or more. But our benchmark is federal trademark registration. So mm -hmm. we look for names that we know that our clients can register on a national level, even if they have no mm -hmm. intent of going beyond their particular state. Of course, statewide, we need to make sure they can use two. But I want that name to be locked up so no one in the country can use that same name. That's and our bench. In your case, you got charge, which is a good visual idea, but then kick. You know, those are both visual things and you combined them. So is there a way that you could modify like maybe your blue rhino uh, or whatever yeah. happens to be? Um, yeah, there's 100%. ways to modify things and still keep it tight, still keep mm -hmm. it simple and sticky and maybe 100%. even more sticky. If it has a qualifier, if it has a description, if it has an adjective. Yeah. And, and I think within especially within the roofing space, there's there's such an abundance of logos that are very similar to one another. And, and oh. therefore it becomes like, I, I know that's painfully obvious, but, um, but therefore it becomes harder for you to have something that feels different when everyone else is using that same piece of stock clip art with the three peak roof and you put yeah, your logo I, underneath it. I gotta say, it's obvious to you and I, but if you're in it for some reason, that $300 price tag from somebody else in the world, like is just too good to pass up for some people. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, you really have nothing that sets you apart. Like we should always be looking at how to differentiate ourselves from somebody else. Sure. You know, yeah. like that's really, really important. <laughs> And, and, and I think it runs, it's counterintuitive also, Tim, right? So if I'm a roofing company, I think my logo should look the way all other roofing company logos look, right? Because that feels natural to me, yeah. right? So why would I do something completely different than the way all these other companies are doing it? And that's, that's how you disrupt. That's how you do something. You know, if, if you if you know people have read the 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 Purple Cow by Seth Seth Godin, like that book speaks about the idea of if you were driving on a countryside, and you you saw the first cow, and you, you're from the city, you saw the first cow, and like, oh wow, look, it's a cow, and then you keep driving, and you keep seeing more and more black and white cows, and by the time you saw the the fiftieth black and white cow, you stopped caring, you stopped looking because they all look the same. But then suddenly there was a purple cow. Now what happens? Now what happens to your field of vision? Now all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, what, what was that? Like I've been seeing all these black and white cows. Now there's a purple cow. And it's the same idea when you think about branding for, for roofing contractors is how, how do we create something that feels not just like what everyone else is doing and therefore more likely to be memorable? Hey, I uh, love that so much. 
Purple Cow is the first marketing book I ever read, by the way. And I did, one time I got Seth Godin to contribute a video to one of my expert rounded up. So that was super oh, fun. Wow. That was a, was a moment for That's me. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, like, it's crazy. Like, if you just reach out to people sometimes, it's some people respond. Like, it's kind of yeah. weird. Um, okay, so I have three. I want you to help me live name my roofing company, if I ever have one, which I maybe probably won't. But it, I have three ideas for a name. Help me choose the name on this podcast. Okay, here it goes. Okay. Skeleton Roofing. Okay. Skeleton Roofing. It's available, the .com. Uh-oh. It's going to get stolen. I'm going to have to get it if you choose that one. Um, two, sun shower roofing. Could be okay. roofing and solar. Could be, could be roofing and solar. Sun shower. Okay. Three, Winmore roofing. Winmore kind of sounds like a high-end, like a uh, gated community or something like that, but it's also mm -hmm. roofing, winning more. Could also mean, you know, with the insurance company. So win more <laughs> roofing. So out of okay. those three, and I and I know you've seen a lot of names, and I, I'm sure that there's a better one. But out of those three names, skeleton roofing, uh, sun shower roofing, and win more roofing, which would you choose and why? Uh, so skeleton, I would say no, because the idea of a skeleton is not very friendly. It's, it's, it's very masculine in nature. I could see mm -hmm. it being like maybe cool with, you know, guys. My, perhaps. my audience right now is, is roofers. So it's usually yeah. guys, but then, yeah. you so know, like, they may think, oh man, you could do something badass and like, it'd yeah. be super dope. Like that. Okay, mentality... the, one, the one caveat I've got is like that it would be a little skeleton heart. Then there would be a heart inside of like a chest cavity. So it would be, <laughs> it would be cute. We'd make the logo cute. That's not helping. Um, okay. So I would just immediately dismiss that because I don't think that that's going to be very comforting to Mrs. Yeah, Jones. Sure. Right. So um, sun shower, I think was it right? Sun shower. Yeah. So I like sun shower out of all of them. I like that one the best, but I'll, I'll yeah. tell you why, because I can immediately envision a specific visual to go along with it. Yeah. Um, so I can use bright colors. I can make it cheerful. Um, and I can make it feel different than the way most other roofing contractors are branding. So it wouldn't mm -hmm. have probably a roof line, or if it did, it would be something that the sun would the sun would play the larger dominant role mm -hmm. in something like that. Um, and then the third one you had was what was it again? Winmore, but it's Win not more. a sticky yeah. because it's no. not a specific thing. But you could use like a little metal or something like that. It it almost feels like it could be someone's last name. Yeah, um, it's not. It's not bad, but I can't assign a visual to it that makes sense to me in my mind, right? So mm -hmm. if I close my eyes and I say, well, what comes to mind when I say, when you hear the words win more, I don't have an immediate yeah. graphic that I can. Okay. All right. I appreciate that logic. And I, I think helping, talking about a specific instance will help people think through what makes a good name, right? Yeah. And I, I believe that for sure. So the next question is, what order do you make a brand change like if you were to make a specific move on a new brand let's say uh you know somebody just changed their name to yeti roofing and I, i'm thinking of a specific person what order would they make the change would they roll it out with the website and then make the launch uh the um you know 
of the logo on social a week later or what, you know, what is the order of things that goes down? Yeah. So in an ideal world, all the public facing aspects of that brand should be rolled out as close together as possible. Sometimes mm. that's not always feasible. Uh, sometimes you have to remember that there will be instances of the old brand that will still be living in conjunction with the new brand. For example, if you've got 10 trucks that need to be rewrapped, it may not be feasible or economically prudent for you to rewrap a 10-year-old truck because you know you're getting rid of it next year. So you it may does have... hurt my heart when I see one of those old McCullen, what is it, McCullen brothers in Minnesota mm -hmm. that have your wraps, and then I see the old one, and I'm like, oh, no. No, it's very common, I think, because HVAC has so many vans out at one right. time, the fleet would be just an enormous expense to wrap. <laughs> so, you know, the social things are easy, right? Creating all your new social media graphics, changing your website in general. I'm not talking about a complete refresh of your website, but at a minimum, get your new logo on there. Get the button colors now consistent with your new brand colors. Mm -hmm. um, Business cards, uniforms for the guys, um, site signs. Those are things that ideally you should try to roll out as, as close together as possible. Is three months apart is like all that and three month cluster if you're a small business okay? Like trying to I, I think I think we handle a lot of rollouts for companies. Yeah. We we try to do it in a lot more compact time frame. All right. So you're doing that. like this is the week of the rollout and we're getting yeah. it all done. Yeah. Now. Because because remember too, like you want to communicate with the customers. You want to let the existing customers know what the change is. Why did you change? Is it still the same leadership and the same company that you've come to know and love and respect? So mm -hmm. you have the email marketing going out to them. You have your social media announcing the change. Some some clients really do, a, I think, a fun job of leading up to the change, and they tease it along the way. Maybe they'll do like a little snippet of a piece of it and post mm. that online and kind of tease what's happening. I like so there's that. There's some fun things that they can do. And then I've seen really cool things people do after they launch it to try to get engagement where they'll do like a contest and they'll say, Hey, take a picture of our truck and be entered to win $200 or $300. We had a client do this and it was in Vegas and they got so many responses and all they had to do was basically take a picture of it, tag them and post it on their personal page and make it like a public post. And, and they, I think the deal that they did was that they would pay for their electric bill for that month. So they're in Vegas. So that could be, you know, whatever, a few hundred dollars, but the engagement, like you would pay two, $300 to get the engagement yeah. that that was bringing in because so many people were taking pictures and posting. I mean, that's literally all yeah. they had to do. If you haven't tried signposts, you definitely should. We help answer calls, acting as a backstop to make sure your leads don't get missed. We also help build up your reputation by generating five-star reviews. Come check us out at signpost.com. I'm going to tease a, we're going to do a jingle contest, I think, in the spring. I'm thinking about giving away something very cool for it, mm -hmm. so, like, like kind of baller. So just teasing that for anyone watching this and your musical, we already have a jingle, but having somebody do it in a different genre or their own cover of it. Um, okay. I'm excited about that. Also, it seems like logo, like side by side posts do really well, but I also feel like it's atrocious to let like just the general public choose, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Usually it's a little bit like 
they're like put two up and it really drives engagement or like five up, you know, and they're like, which one do you like best? And everyone yeah. likes to weigh in, but everyone should not be making this decision. But how Correct. do you feel about that to drive engagement? Does that drive you nuts? Um, yeah, it, it drives me nuts, mainly because when you do something like that, there's no context behind it. So yeah. there's no why. Um, well, why did you pick these colors? Why did you choose yeah. maybe this mascot? What's the what's the brand story that's going to be developed with these visuals? And, and, and that are can't you be the actual it, ideal customer or are you a 48 year old male and we're talking to a 38 year old female? Well, or, that you know, part like, too. It's yeah. Really, the who is it for? That's <laughs> such an important abiding question in these talks and, about brand. And, and that's a conversation we have. It, almost in the, every beginning of every engagement, we say, listen, the idea you need to remember is this brand isn't built for you. So yeah. you've got to get over the idea that that what you like is the most critical, you know, determining factor. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's who you're selling to. Yeah. So put yourself in their position. They don't know anything at all about your company. They saw this truck wrap. They saw your site sign. They hit your website. What did they think about the experience they might get if they hired you? And if I can control what they think before you ring the doorbell, mm -hmm. that's winning. That, that's how you do mm -hmm. it. Like that's everything. So when yeah. guys look at, well, how do I how do I increase my average tickets? Well, you know, we just raise your prices. Okay, well. Does Mrs. Jones think that there's a reason why she should pay you and your roofing company more than the other two estimates that she got? What are we doing to have her feel like there's value in what you provide in comparison to these other companies? How you present mm. yourself, what your story is about your company, your values, your mission, all those things go along towards why that branding is so important. So like we've seen crazy instances as far as like, what the average tickets were for some of these companies before we rebranded them and what they are after. And it's, and it's, it's almost like night and day, right? Because a lot that. of these companies do a great service. They just don't look like they do a great service. Mm. So what would happen to your roofing company if you looked as good as actually the work that you performed? Like how much could you charge then? And that's, that's the, mm. that's the disconnect. Like a lot mm -hmm. of these guys do great work. If I had to judge them by their, their trucks and, and, the way the guys are dressed or their business cards or their website, I can't get there. Like, I don't think that they do good work. Maybe they, yep. afterwards, I'm like a believer, but I'd rather believe it before you show up. Yeah. And some people have said like, our website is so nice that some people think they can't afford us. And to that, I say, that's okay. I mean, like I do, I do some, like back in the day, I worked at a restaurant company that was pretty good in Minnesota. They have the, the steak house Manny's, which is our biggest like kind of like baller steakhouse and but they had a they had a i tell this story a lot so if somebody listens to this podcast all the time sorry but um they had a restaurant called ocean air and it's a big it's a fancy seafood place but they put ketchup out on the table and it was intended to say hey we're for every man you know we're not just for fancy people and I've always thought about that. There is things you can do in your brand and in your, um, in the way that your overall, your website and your social media come off to say, we, we can handle small claims or small um, repairs or whatever. I do think you should do that. But at the same time, design, good design is help. Like you're saying, Dan, is helping 
price conditioned people. They, they're expecting a little higher price and that's a good thing. You want them to expect yeah. higher service and higher price from just from the branding, which is actually a real thing. Yeah. It's the same reason why we don't like names that are called budget or affordable mm. because you already set the expectation that you were the cheapest guy in the market. Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, unless you want to be the cheapest be guy, yeah. you know, but like, think about the promise that your name instills and work from that perspective. What, what does it say about the experience that I might get? So it's really, you know, I, I think, like I said, there's so much great information about how to successfully run a company, how to run the job, how to run the sales call, right? But there's not a lot spoken about how we can control so much of the perception of the company before you even get to ring the doorbell. Um, so anything that we can do to help with that perception, um, you know, is is going to be a win for you because the the reality is is you know most roofing companies are not investing in their branding. They're not investing in how they are perceived to the people they're trying to sell to. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, because of that, they need to spend more money on marketing. And that's the other aspect of it is the weaker your brand, the more money you need to spend marketing it. It's like proven like time and time again. So if I can build a disruptive brand that is sticky, you'll need to spend less money marketing it and you'll actually get paid more money for your work. So and just always like anything that's organic too, you know, like, and, and brand facilitates all organic things. It, it facilitates social media spread because people mm -hmm. want to be associated with higher end looking things. It, yeah. um, it helps you on a lot of things that are related to organic, you know, and we talk about brand. If you have a good brand, Google actually looks at, that and it's a little bit of like the shadow of the brand because we're not talking about any visuals we're not talking about colors we're talking about name and reputation so as right. brand affects name and reputation the better the brand not only from your reviews and stuff like that but also from brand mentions out on the internet the more a brand mm -hmm. is mentioned and the more google can track that back to a particular entity like a website so if it is a of a unique brand that no one else has that it can associate with a website, your organic does better. And the more people can remember your name, the more they Google your name, it also helps your organic. So there's a yeah. lot of sticky things around a good brand that really help your organic marketing in so many different ways. I've got to, I've got to, yeah, say, that's just why the naming also becomes so critical, because the more generic the name, the more you're fighting for that organic branded search keyword. Right. So mm. you see even guys calling themselves like, well, the best roofing company. And you're like, wait, that's the name of the company. No, that's mm -hmm. that's actually like a search term. So like, yeah. why? Why would you now you're fighting for your own brand name with everyone else, which is trying to get number one for best roofing company. Like, so you see sometimes things like that and it just runs so yeah. contrary to best practices in terms of naming because they're forgetting the fact that if you have a unique name and someone just types in your name, you're gonna, obviously you're gonna win on that search term, right? You're not gonna be fighting with a hundred other people. Maybe people are buying your brand name because they wanna try to trick people into picking you, yeah. but, but, your cost per lead is going to be significantly less, obviously, on a branded organic keyword search term. Yeah. Um, and we see crazy results in terms of you launch the brand and then there's a huge spike 
right as the new brand rolls out and it's been flat, 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 and then boom, like it, it triples, doubles, you know, whatever the number is, like sometimes it's 10x because they were blending in so much, nobody even knew who the hell they were. And now all of a sudden, mm. instant impact. So people forget the relationship in your world too, like as far as how strong the brand is and how it relates to their digital marketing strategy. Like, well, those are two different things. Well, no, not yeah. really. They're totally related. So again, the weaker Absolutely. the brand, the more money they're going to spend on LSA and PPC and all those other things. Yeah, and people <laughs> need to know, I've got two really good questions still coming here, but people need to know that Dan is not just some random branding person that I brought onto the site or onto this uh, podcast. I am not in a habit of bringing other marketing people on here too much. Dan and Kick Charge have a strong brand themselves, have been proven out in the home service industry, and that this guy is the preeminent expert, I believe, in home service branding. You also have a book. So before we get to these last two questions, what is the book and how do people grab it? The book is called Branded, Not Blanded. And uh, it's on, there it is. Right. So it's awesome. on Amazon, or you could actually get it from our site at kickcharge.com forward slash books. Um, and you can basically, it's a roadmap on everything a home service company should be thinking about when it comes to branding their home service business. So it's specifically written for a home service owner. It's not about corporate branding. It's not about any other industry. It's 100% focused on home service. All right. How to transfer how do you transfer brand vibe from an old brand to a new brand? And when, when do you do that? Do you do that sometimes where you like pull the old colors and pull them in? Yeah. Especially and if they're colors that, that are unique. Like some people might say, I've got 20 trucks out there and I want it to at least kind of feel like the, or like, I don't want to mm -hmm. have to like change the color on every thing. Yeah. So if it's a unique color within their market, then absolutely, I want to I want to try to leverage that. It would be silly to throw away that equity. So you have to look at that. Like we look at the market as a whole. And if I see, you know, if we're going to use HVAC as an example, just for argument's sake, you know, HVAC is a market that's littered with red, white, and blue brands. Very, very difficult to own. So if you come to me and you say, well, everything I have is red, white, and blue, um, I'm going to say that's great. But I don't know that you own red, white, and blue because there's 10 other competitors in your market using red, white, and blue. And plus, red, white, and blue is also associated with Americana and other things yeah. that are unrelated to your specific brand. So we look at, are, is there something of value in your existing brand that I can fix and leverage moving forward? And if there is, great, let's use it. Like, I'm not, I don't immediately throw out, throw away everything that people come to us with if there's something of value that I can leverage, of course, right? I wanna leverage as much as I can. But if there's nothing of value, then yeah, we're gonna start over. Um, and Like an example know, I had was like, let's say in your area, a particular kind of green, yellow, bright uh, look was like, you guys have it, not a lot of other competitors do. Yeah. That might be something to pull in on the new brand. 100%. Right? Like if, if you kind of own that and there is kind of something. Exactly. There's, there's not often always equity, especially if your name is bad and not sticky. Mm -hmm. But if your brand is, you know, like, if there is something to pull, you guys pull that. Yeah, well, a lot of times there's more equity. I was gonna say, a lot of times there's more equity in the color scheme than in the actual yeah. branding. 
So yeah. like you said, if it's a unique color palette, yeah, I want to keep that if it makes sense to keep it. Uh, but sometimes the aspects of the logo, like if it's roofing and they're using a roof line, well, uh, you know, everybody's using a roof line. What, why, why is yeah. that unique to you? Um, and so that might be something that I wouldn't keep. All right. So I've got an example for you where a, I can't say specific names, but two companies are combining mm-hmm. and the company that's they're combining to the brand is actually a little are their their revenue and stuff like that is smaller but they're going to pull that brand in and then they're dissolving this other brand that might be a little older to um older as well um is is going away um and it had um a very specific color palette and stuff like that so combining brands and like how do you do that? What What do you do? You have any just insights and stories that you have from combining brands? How to do that in a way? You said make an announcement or something, uh, and like how do you do that? Basically, big, so big in, that, uh, question. In, that, in that particular instance, Tim, are are the are are they going to be using any of the names? These two companies yeah, are combining using one of the names. They're using the smaller company's name that they believe is better. Okay. But they're pulling it in and making it the overarching kind of canopy for the two companies, you know, now, now yeah. going so, forward. So then this is really where the communications to the existing customer base and the community is really important. So you have to mm-hmm. let them know why this change is taking place. What does it mean for them? What does it mean for their warranty, right? That's a really important question is the warranty question people don't even mm-hmm. think about, right? Because if mm-hmm. I'm the homeowner and I see that this company is no longer in his business, now I'm like, well, shit, what about the 10-year or the 20-year warranty that they promised mm-hmm. me about no leaks or whatever the case may be? Yeah. So the communications to all the customers, every single client in their database has to be done. Like you have to communicate them. We typically do direct mail, and then we also do email marketing at a minimum, right? So now you're notifying mm-hmm. everyone that you've done business with, hey, this change is taking place. Here's why the change place it. Like, what's the benefit? Like, why do I give a shit, right? Mm-hmm. But the benefit yeah. is, well, we can we have more services now, and combining these these trades will make us better. Like, you have to spin it in a way that's a positive for them um, and help mm-hmm. them understand why this change is take, taking place. So yeah. um, we look at things like that, but I'll give you an example. Like, in, in Vegas, there was a company out there. Um, it was three companies combining into one. We got rid of all three of the brands. Okay, and this is a company that was about seven million combined revenue at the time. They were losing about one million dollars a year collectively among the three companies. We rebranded them as Fetchatech in Vegas, and now they're doing twenty-five million. I think it's sixteen months later with mm. a five million EBITDA. Okay, so Crazy. like everything that they had really not much value in the old branding. So we just got rid of it and we started fresh, but we let all the existing customers know, Hey, this is the change that's taking place. This is what it means for you. And here's why you should still continue to give us your business. Do you like answer the phone different or anything? Like I'm just thinking about any other like big change that is like, for instance, like obviously an HVAC, like sticker marketing on the water heater and stuff like that is big. So like, Mm -hmm. People are calling from old collateral sometimes. Is yeah. there any like does that cause confusion or how do you handle that? I th- I think in those instances, all those numbers were routed through Service Titan. 
and they were able gotcha. to know that it was coming from the previous name. Ah, and so nice. they were able to answer the phone, I think, differently and let them know, nice. oh, you know, yeah, we used to be called, I think it was Climate Experts was one of the old names that it nice. used to be called. Cool. Um, again, so making sure, hopefully that doesn't happen, though. Hopefully they already know because they've got the mail. They got the email marketing. They know that this yeah. change took place. So. Totally. Um, anything else that you wish roofers would just know about roofing? We can do a PSA right now for anyone. You know, usually we have a couple hundred people that listen or watch this, so we can get the word so, out. What do you want people so I, to know about? Brandon? Yeah, I, I would say, listen. You know, if you go on, if you go on Google and you type in roofing logos or roofing logo examples, and your logo pops up there, give some thought as to maybe thinking about a change, thinking about doing something that doesn't look so painfully obvious. And I think the more you can sort of zig while everyone else is zagging, you know, the better off you'll be in your marketing. You, the more likely you are to be uh, remembered by a consumer. And, and think about doing brands that don't feel so obvious. Um, and that takes guts because it feels natural to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. But We've seen the biggest ROIs on companies that have really gone out on a limb and done something that you would think is a really ridiculous idea, um, but yet it's something that has connected and has worked and has become so memorable to that community that they kill it on all the fronts, you know. And so, Dan, I know um, you've I know you've had to do some roof lines before. So, how many logos have you made with a roof line in them? Um. Not many, you know. We've done a, a, okay. Yeah, we've done a lot of roofing. You got uh, the, uh, the alternative look. Yeah, uh, whether it's funny, it's just, it doesn't matter. Like, and I always see people like push it up there proud, and it's usually it's tough because you're branding a lot of times or rebranding in this first like period, this first like three to five years of your business, where it is new and and you don't have you know it doesn't feel like you have money for branding sometimes you know like mm -hmm. it feels like. Expensive because you guys are somewhat expensive, right, Dan? You guys are like in the um, seven, twelve k range. I don't know beyond that as far as packages. Yeah, it's and probably stuff. beyond that, but yeah, yeah. It's but definitely... I'm just kind of like, so let's talk pricing for a second because I don't want you to get leads from this that you actually can't service. So, what is mm -hmm. pricing for you guys? And and I just want to talk about that. It's difficult to pay for this at the beginning. So, I mean, like, just I want to talk about this, even though it's uncomfortable. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Like usually the two services that most companies hire us for are the, um, the brand development and then the design for their vehicles. And that runs mm -hmm. around 15,000. Mm -hmm. And like, so people are, you know, getting these cheap logos and, and then like, I understand the impetus to do that when you're early, early. Right. But then like, if mm -hmm. you're rebranding after two years of your business, it may make sense to spring for a real, brand like a real like a real brand strategy because mm -hmm. you're really blending in and how much is blending in costing you you know what right. I mean? how much is blending in costing your business i think that that's you know people tend to think of marketing as an expense and real good marketing is an investment in your long-term yeah. success and you really are pissing away customers when you don't have a brand that sticks out and is sticky and is memorable. 
Yeah. And I think, I think to that point, Tim, you know, it's, it sort of sounds like a meme. I know you're the king of memes. Um, (laughs) I think we should do this as one, but the idea of, you know, the most expensive logo you'll ever buy is one you paid the least for. And, And that rings true in so many ways because you think about the cost that you have then to redo everything. So you've got to mm-hmm. redo trucks, you've got to redo uniforms and business cards and websites um, and all mm-hmm. those other things. Um, and the cost for being unremarkable is really expensive. So that's that's the, really the, the idea. People just, I think, forget how much it's costing them in additional marketing expense when they have a brand that is unremarkable. So. All right, Dan, I need you. I need you. Last thing. And then we've had a lot of gimmicks and stunts on this podcast, but I need one Uh-oh. more. I need you to live rate my logo and be as honest as you possibly can be. And don't fluff me up. Live rate Hook Agency's logo. What would you give this out of 10? No, I like it. I like it because it's sticky. Because as soon as you say hook, well, well, I know I know what it should look like, right? So I've got the visual yeah. connection with the name. So names again, which as soon as you say the name, you could almost imagine what the company looks like. Or you could cover up the lettering on your logo that says hook and you say, What's the name of this company? And I bet you most people would get it. Most people would yeah. say hook. You know, and, and that, I've those are tips. Hook before. I've gotten J Hook and then somebody told me it was a cheater yeah. brand on Nike the other day. They're like, This is a little cheater <laughs> brand. It wasn't on purpose, though, so I don't know. So no, I think I think it um, works really well. I know you got got a tattoo. People have been asking me when I'm getting the Kick Charge logo um, tattooed, and uh, you've inspired me. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done. I'm I'm getting another piece Love. done um, at a certain point, and I'm gonna do them both at the same time. So uh, I love it, yeah. man. That's awesome. You should. It's good. It, I, if you can't get it tattooed on you or you wouldn't want to get your logo tattooed on you, maybe you think about that too. Last thing here is what, what's my, what's my out of 10 rating? Be real. Don't, don't think about it. You're talking to me. Talk to the audience here. What, what would you give for, it? For the logo itself? Yep. And the brand, brand and logo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's nine. It's really okay. good. It's hard to get 10. It's really hard to get 10. Yeah, yeah, no, I shouldn't be a 10. I, I would assume it wouldn't be. Um, no, but I appreciate you being on today, man. Thank you so much. Um, what's the .com and socials for people? Sure. Um, it's kickcharge.com. And um, on Instagram, I think it's kickchargecreative. Awesome. I, I believe it could be a 10 if I was doing it with Dan. I wish I could use... I wish Dan would do my fake roofing company for me. I wish Sun Shower Roofing would be branded by Dan. That would be sweet. We'd do it as a stunt, and he can you know, get more clients from that. Exposure, right? I give all the graphic designers when they're just starting out, they always, everyone always comes, he'll be great exposure. And then you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, you should trademark off. those names, by the way, before somebody steals them. Oh, yeah. I, I'm grabbing... <laughs> any dot coms that I really thought might be something one day, but I think I've always wanted to build something up on the side as an experiment for fun. Um, and then just funnel the leads to one of my clients. Uh, but anyway, so thank you for being on podcast put on by HookAgency.com. hook agency, all over social, incredibly grateful that you watch and listen to this rate and review, etc. Bye. Thanks, Tim.